I'm Dan Casper, and you're listening to the Man Cave Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to talking about, well, a lot of things, mostly sports, mixed in with some other entertaining and interesting conversations, just like being in your own man cave. We'll debate, banter, laugh, maybe even cry. So make sure you're subscribing and following the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform so that you will never miss out on the conversation. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. Let's do this. What's going on, everybody? This is Dan Casper for another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in to this brand new episode where we're going to be talking some football playoffs. Wild card weekend coming at you. Well, this weekend, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, because while we're recording the Thursday before uh, Wild Card Weekend, so we're going to be looking at the matchups, going to be previewing the games there. Uh, I've got my predictions for head coach openings, who I think it's kind of a combination of a couple different things. So it's a combination of what I think that team should do or who they should hire and and who I think they will. So I try. I know that kind of sounds weird and dumb and, and and maybe a little confusing there. Like, how is that possible, Dan? So I, I, it, it's it's. I tried to kind of think and you know where would would a certain team go and try to match up who I think would be a good fit there. You know, trying to connect those those type of dots. I mean, I was looking up stuff like trends for for teams and and you know, did they go to a, a certain direction when when it came to hiring a head coach and I know some of these teams are going to be uh looking for you know uh new GMs too so it makes it a little bit more difficult there but I got to say that it was it was fairly tough it, it was fairly tough to kind of figure it out I mean you know you got those rumors and you got those reports out there that uh so and so is interviewing for this job or so and so is interested in this guy this would be a good fit it, it you know a lot of these a lot of these dudes who are getting interviews for uh, for for jobs, really are on the the you know same page as or on the same list as a lot of other teams out there, right? A lot of uh, common names or a lot of the uh, the theme is you know same names and and, and that sort of stuff. So uh, we'll be taking a look at that. Be taking a look, like I said, at uh, some of the uh, some of the, the the or I shouldn't say some, but all of the uh, wild card matchups coming up this weekend. And uh, we're going to, you know, kind of switching gears here a little bit, too, because, uh, well, you know, it is it is the Man Cave podcast where we mostly talk about sports, mostly talk about sports. I mean, that's kind of the theme here. But once in a while, we might throw in a slightly different topic because it's it's a topic that, you know, might generate a little uh, conversation or or buzzworthy or something like that. And well, if you're into like jfk conspiracy theories i got a documentary i got a couple documentaries that i want to talk about to float it out to you guys okay i want to float it out to you guys and eventually and i'm just you know i'm kind of curious if like any uh anybody else like i'm going to kind of draw my theory all right not to get all like x files or anything like that on you but there was two documentaries that i just recently watched that really got me thinking i've always kind of was like you know i'm I'm a Bigfoot believer, right? Loch Ness, nah. Ghosts, yes. UFOs, kinda, sorta. There's something. And then you got some other, you know, conspiracy stuff out there, like the JFK's the big one, right? 
and it kind of died, died down for me a little bit. But all of a sudden now, there's like these couple of uh, documentaries. One was Oliver Stone who did the JFK movie, and there's a there's another one out. If you have Hulu, yeah, you'll be able to check it out. But it's a dude that's got a new book coming out, and apparently he's he's written books before. But it's called uh, JFK Unsolved: The Real Conspiracies. It's a it's a documentary by Josiah or it, uh, the dude who wrote the book is Josiah Tink Thompson, and the documentary is based off of you know they they talk to to this cat and he's got his theories and, and all that sort of stuff and they're both similar in some instances but also different in in other instances so but oh, I'm gonna get to that in the middle of this uh, middle of this podcast but I wanna wanna get things rolling here and, and kick it off talking a little football. Uh, we're gonna do the wild card preview. We'll do a little JFK, then we'll end it up with uh, with the coach predictions and and that good stuff. But all right, let's uh let's let's just jump into it. So wild card weekend, baby. We know the teams, we know who's playing, we know the one seeds, all that good stuff, right? So let's let's just kind of go down the the schedule. Easiest to go about that, right? Just go down the schedule here. So first game coming up on Saturday. Of I should say Super Wild Card Weekend. My bad, because you know, got that Monday game on there that makes it super. So, um, Raiders Bengals, Raiders Bengals, kicking it off Saturday three thirty Central Time, and we got the Patriots and the Bills for Saturday night. Sunday we've got the Eagles and the Buccaneers, 49ers Cowboys, Steelers Chiefs, and then Monday Cardinals Rams, Packers and Titans awaiting winners to see who they will be uh who they will be facing so going back to to raiders bengals on this one one thing too that i you know, if you listen to to my radio show you, you probably heard me mention this but you look at the wild card weekend we've got we've got five is it five i just want to double check one two three yeah five quarterbacks making their their playoff debuts on wild card weekend Derek Carr, now Raiders that one year went twelve and three. Remember, but Derek Carr ended up getting hurt and, and missed that postseason. It was in two thousand sixteen, so he's making his first appearance in the postseason. Uh, Burrow, who he's going up against, obviously making his first appearance in the postseason. You got Mac Jones making his first appearance in the, pro, in, the in the postseason as a rookie. Jalen Hurts, his second year making his first appearance in the postseason. And then Kyler Murray, third year, making his first appearance in the uh, in, in the postseason. So kind of got a little bit of an interesting twist there. Matthew Stafford, he had a you know, longtime veteran quarterback, but just a couple of uh, appearances with the Lions. Dak Prescott, uh, we, we know he's got just a, a little bit of experience as well. Ben, ton of experience. Tom Brady, ton of experience. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, a little bit of experience, along with Jimmy G, but... Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy G has gone to Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes won one. Jimmy G's been there as a backup and such, so a little bit more experience in in that department. But I look at this, and, and I'll tell you right off the bat, I really struggle to to kind of pick some upsets. Like the odds are that there is going to be an upset, maybe a couple of upsets. It sure seems like that. Like I don't necessarily like picking chalk. You know, picking the favorites all the time, and, and I don't know. I I guess I don't necessarily view like if if the Patriots beat the Bills as that big of an upset, or or Cardinals over Rams. I know technically they would be considered upsets, but 
you know, to be honest with you, I don't view it as a as a big upset. So I've gone back and forth on this and and from what I can see really the only like legit upset that I could see happening again, this is just me, but I keep going back to that 49ers Cowboys game. I keep going back to that one. So I that's the only upset I kind of see, but you know what? Let's let's just go from the top. Raiders Bengals. I see this playing out with the Bengals. I just like what Burrow and Chase have. They got a running game with Mixon. I like their defense better than the Raiders too. I just think, you know, that this I think this Bengals team is going to be fun to watch in the next couple of years. I think they're trending in the right direction. They obviously are one of the biggest surprises uh in, in the NFL. I don't think anybody predicted them to win their division, let alone, you know, you know, make the postseason. I like the Bengals in this one. I like what they've got on this team. Their defense is a little bit underrated. I'm going with the Bengals in this in this game going uh, up against the Raiders. Patriots Bills got another matchup between these two. Both teams split in the regular season. I like the Bills in this one. Uh, I think they will. You know, the first game, the first meeting, it was the you know Sean McDermott don't don't give any credit to Bill Belichick, a lame sort of excuse in, in that one. Bills were able to come back and get that victory. I do ultimately think the Bills will win this game. I think they're just the better team, and, and they should be able to take care of business at home against the New England Patriots. But it doesn't take away anything of of how how great the, or how good this Patriots season was. A lot to hang their hat on, and a lot to build off of uh, as well. Eagles Buccaneers. I know a lot of people are looking at this as as a game that oh, oh Buccaneers got to buy, and you know Buccaneers and Eagles played each other earlier in the season. It was a Thursday night game, and the uh, the uh, the Buccaneers got a twenty eight twenty two victory on them. The Eagles run the football better than anybody in terms of numbers. They 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 average the most rushing yards per game, and if you're going to beat Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers, you've got to be able to run the football and control the the the, the the play clock, the game clock. Win the time of possession battle. You have to be able to control that. Keep Tom Brady on the sidelines, but make sure you come away with touchdowns. That's how the Eagles win this game. Can they do it? I don't think they do it. Buccaneers, uh, I'm, I'm picking the Buccaneers in, in this one. I just, they're, they're head and shoulders uh, above, the, above the Eagles right now. And then you go to that uh, 49ers-Cowboys game, first game up on uh, Sunday, and... The, the Cowboys are such, and for the, the 49ers have kind of been this way for, for a lot of the season as well. But I look at the Cowboys as a team I just cannot get a good grasp on. They can one day drop 51 points on you, and then the next day maybe only drop 10 or 13. So I just I don't know. They're, they're so hot and so cold, so up and so down. 49ers, I think, you know, coming off that, that, that overtime victory against the Rams, Will there be a little bit of a hangover? I don't know. But the 49ers, they can run the football. They've got a tight end. They've got Debo Samuel, who has been playing really well. Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing very effective. That defense, especially the front, then you got Fred Warner. They can get after the quarterback. They can stop the run there. I think I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers in this game. I think they, they pull off the upset against the Cowboys. And Cowboys Nation... Going to full-on freak out and probably call for Mike McCarthy's job after it's all said and done. And want Dan Quinn promoted or Kellen Moore promoted at that point. So, uh, Steelers-Chiefs, it's the Chiefs. I mean, 
it's it's, it's kind of like the the uh, the Buccaneers and Eagles game for me. It's the Chiefs. They're so much better than than the Steelers. Chiefs are going to win this game. They're going to take care of business, and it'll be Ben Roethlisberger's final game of of his football career. And then you got the Cardinals and the Rams. I think this is a very interesting matchup. This is a very good matchup. I uh, got both teams coming off of losses this past weekend. You know, if one of them, you know, Rams ended up winning the division, but you know, if the Rams would have Rams stayed, you know, they lost, but if the Cardinals were able to to pick up that victory, they they'd be division winners and maybe just a little bit flip-flopped here. But nonetheless, um I'm going to go with the Rams. They're just more talented. They they got the better players overall. I think JJ Watt will help out this defense. But, you know, the biggest key in this game is going to be can the Rams Matthew Stafford play at a high level and not turn the football over and not give the Cardinals extra opportunities to put up points on the board. You know, Matthew Stafford cannot do that. And can the offensive line play better than what they did last week against the 49ers? Because you got Chandler Jones, you got JJ Watt coming back, all that sort of stuff. Can the Rams play, uh, Rams offensive line play a lot better than what they were able to last week against the 49ers? I still say Rams get the victory in this one. All right. Tell you what, quick timeout. We'll talk a little JFK conspiracy documentaries and then my predictions for head coaching jobs. But first, a quick timeout. So most of our conversations do surround, you know, sports topics, sports items, and, and all that sort of stuff. But in the spirit of, like, man caves and, and, and the man cave, you know, sometimes your conversation or, like, a bar stool or or texting with your buddies or, or whatever have you, sometimes the conversation might not always be, you know, sports-related. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. And, and you know, I've got other interests besides sports and, and you know, enjoy a good conversation or a enjoy something that makes you ponder or, or or think a little bit and and one of those like you, you know, anybody who knows me you know I, i'm i'm up for a good conspiracy theory as long as it's not like a hot take conspiracy theory you gotta you gotta give me some some proof you gotta give me some some info some facts or, or whatever have you like like make your case to me okay um and you know i, I i'm i'm a bigfoot believer and all that and 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 you know, UFOs and ghosts, not really Loch Ness Monster or anything like that. But, you know, there's other stories that you hear throughout history and that have always kind of piqued my interest. And, and, and obviously one of the bigger ones and more popular ones is like the the JFK conspiracy, right? Was was Oswald the lone gunman? Was it really him? Was it others? Was it the mafia? Was it Russia? Was it Cuba? Was it uh, the, the own, our, our, our own government, for crying out loud? So, you know, a few years ago, I should say longer than a few years ago, I think, you know, read about it, read about stories and books and and all that sort of stuff. Well, okay, maybe there's something going on over there, you know. I was a little bit younger and like, oh, okay, maybe there's something. Then it kind of died down and, you know, you watch the JFK movie, like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. And again, kind of died down. And, you know, every time November comes around with the anniversary, you see these documentaries and, and shows on, on TV and, Oh, okay, another theory. Okay, oh, maybe. Okay, okay. But then, you know, it just kind of goes away. But uh, I'll tell you what. So I was always of a thought like, okay, maybe there was a little bit more to it, but, you know, maybe not off the wall crazy. Like there was one, there was a couple of them that, that 
have really kind of piqued my interest. So there was one I, I watched a few years ago. It was on the History Channel. And I got, I'm got i going to look it up as I'm telling you right now because I just thought of this. when I was only going to kind of highlight two of them, but I, I, I thought of this. So it was uh, on the History Channel called uh, JFK Declassified Tracking Oswald. And the dude who does this is a uh, former CIA agent, Bob Bear. And he was portrayed in a movie by George Clooney. He also did one on uh, on Hitler, whether Hitler actually survived or not. And that's that was the first one he did. And then he followed up by doing um, this one on Oswald. And it was interesting. And, you know, he, he takes the CIA approach. And, you know, I don't want to give away anything in case anybody wants to watch it and, and that sort of thing. But um, essentially he did, like, track down what he thinks is, like, uh, you know, what a safe house it was going to be for Oswald. Like, he, like, tracked down, like, his his path and how he was going to, you know, get to the safe house. And essentially, you know, it was with, with Cuba involved in it. And, you know, I don't want to go over everything. But if you're curious, I'm, I guess right now it's on, you know, Hulu and Pluto TV and, and all that sort of stuff. Kind of forgot about that one. That was, a, that was an interesting one. Um, the, the one I watched a, a couple weeks ago is on Hulu. It's called JFK Unsolved, The Real Conspiracy. And this one is about, uh, an author. Now this, this researcher has written a, a couple of books. I'm going to get his name right. Cause now the window just closed on me. See if I can, because his book just came out in the beginning of of January. Let's see if it'll come up here. Um, but anyways, yeah, revi- uh, JFK, The Real Conspiracies. So this one was was interesting because, now I haven't read the guy's book because it, it hasn't come out yet. But it was interesting, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for anybody in case you, you, you want to watch it for for yourself and I don't wanna don't wanna like give away the punchline or, or anything like that. But so this dude, alright, th- this dude, his name I'm gonna bring it up here so I get it right. Josiah Thompson, that's right. Josiah Thompson, okay. He has examined this case, if you will, or this story ever since it first happened. And then he kind of revisited it for, for his new book. And, you know, he, he's worked with, you know, researchers. He's got a group of researchers that has helped him out. And, and essentially, without, again, going into full detail, his conclusion is is that Oswald didn't act by himself, that there was another shooter. And it was, you know, behind the pick, on the grassy knoll, all right, on the grassy knoll. His his new book is called Last Second in Dallas. Uh, for the past 10 years, he revisited forensic evidence, worked with a team of scientists, researchers, and assassination buffs, and wrote this new book, Last Second in Dallas. So, you know, again, his main theory is, you know, based off of his research and, and his colleagues and, and eyewitness accounts, all that sort of stuff. His his belief, and and he goes very scientific in in, in this thing. All right, he, he does go very scientific in this thing, and what he has found is that you know it, it indicates two gunmen firing from different locations. Uh, a lot of it he does blood, bone, and brain matter. 
you know, debris and, and the, the path of where everything went. Uh, he, he even had like a, a National Academy of Sciences. You know, it says here a panel from the National Academy of Sciences initially dismissed a recording from a Dallas motorcycle police officer's open microphone uh, that may have picked up the gunfire. Now, leading acoustics scientists on the case defend the recording as authentic. So, it what that kind of like part of the the story is it for timing wise, and they matched up like times and, and and the sound effects and where that that gunshot or gunshots would have came from i mean it was very detailed okay i don't I'm not going to go through everything but essentially his theory hypothesis conclusion whatever you want to call it is that yes there was two and the 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 other one was from the 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 grassy knoll okay the, the grassy knoll which everybody kind of you know your JFK history. You know what I'm talking about there. And then Oliver Stone, who created uh, the JFK movie with Kevin Costner, he's got a new documentary out, JFK Revisited. And before I get to that, so going back to this other documentary, I think the big part in this whole thing is that uh, in, in the first documentary from, from Hulu is that uh, Josiah Thompson says that I got the impression that he, you know, believes it was, you know, from like Russia or it was from Cuba. You know, it was from a communist state. But the government, the U.S. government, apparently, according to him, you know, put out a quick investigation, the Warren report. And, you know, we're quick to say it's not Russia or not Cuba because they didn't want to get the U.S. into a war. So they they weren't going to go out there and and point the blame to, you know. Uh, a country or, or anything like that because they didn't want to get into a war. They didn't want to get into a war, so that's why they kind of, quote-unquote, covered it up, if you will, because they didn't want to do that. Um, in this case, with, with Oliver Stone, it's it's similar but different. So he also, in this documentary, goes through a bunch of the, like the scientific stuff and uh, the magic bullet theory, um, you know, the angles. doesn't doesn't dive into the sound acoustics like like this one did but similar with like you know the the angles and 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 blood pattern and if you will and all that sort of stuff so it's similar in that aspect where he also is saying that you know the shots didn't necessarily come from oswald that it came from somewhere else and and it was impossible for oswald to to fire those shots and be down like if you watch the movie you kind of understand some of the similar um thought processes if you will but it got the impression that, you know, according to Oliver Stone in his uh, his documentary that, you know, if Oswald was involved, he wasn't like the, the gunman or couldn't have been or possibly couldn't have been the main one. And maybe he was a patsy, as he said. But essentially what he is saying is that, you know, it, it was it was a government cover up and it was from the government. It was uh, our own government who um playing this and and orchestrated it and it was you know it was a it was a conspiracy it was a conspiracy by our own and if you watch the jfk movie it's very similar to this but what's different is it's not a hollywood movie he's got people on to to support it um you know to to kind of go over some of the other stuff and and it, it's it's a documentary as opposed to to a hollywood movie and what what's interesting in this 
part there there's some similarities between the two in the fact that you know they both believe that it wasn't just Oswald but the other part in this whole thing is that you know we're, we're is completely different is one side believes it was covered up because they didn't want to get into war but with Oliver Stone with his documentary gives the impression that they did it because they still wanted to, you know, you know, like the, the, was it, uh, was it the CIA director and all that? Cause Kennedy, you know, had wanted, you know, nothing to do with war, wanted to have good relations and all that sort of stuff. But it was a little bit opposite where maybe they, you know, war sells kind of a little bit and, and they stayed in Vietnam and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not going to get into political stuff like that or anything like that. That's not the point. But what was interesting was that, you know, there, there's some similarities between the two theories of these documentaries as a, like the, the similarities being that there was more than just one involved, but for the reasonings are completely different, right? They're, they're completely different. One says they want to stay out of war. They covered it up so they wouldn't get into a war. The other one kind of insinuates not, you know, some people still maybe wanted to be, you know, involved in a war or, or, you know, kind of still be involved in Vietnam because that, you know, a lot of times in war sells, you know, make money that way, that sort of thing. So it's interesting philosophy. It's different philosophies. You know, my opinion on the whole thing, I don't have any inside info on it. All I've done is read books and and watch documentaries on the whole thing. My conclusion or my thought on the whole thing is that I think you can draw stuff from each theory and maybe it's somewhere in the middle between those two. You know what I mean? Like, I think you could take points of, of each theory, each case, each uh, presentation, if you know, do a little courtroom sort of thing there. And then I think it's somewhere in the middle. I do think there was more involved with, you know, it wasn't just Oswald. I do think there was other factors to it. I don't know if it was, if it was our own government. I don't know that. I don't know if I buy that uh, 100%, but I do buy the fact that it was more than just one person. There, it was more than just one person. But in like which party was responsible for it, like which which entity was responsible for it, that one up to me that to me is still up in the air. But it's it these are two very interesting documentaries and, and I'm a document documentary buff. I'm a nerd. If there's a good documentary on true crime, paranormal, conspiracy thing, I'm watching that thing. If Netflix drops a new documentary on a true crime, I'm watching it. If there's something on the history channel or or whatever have you, I'm watching it. I love documentaries. One of my life goals is that I would love to produce or create a documentary. I have no idea on what. I love documentaries if it's a good one. And these two are really good ones. And if you are like kind of into that, you know, not necessarily in a conspiracy theory type of type of way, but if you like stuff that makes you think, I, I recommend watching these two because it really got me thinking on both these two. And that's what I like about documentaries. It's like all right, it's challenging me to think. Both have good cases. Both have intriguing cases, interesting theories. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle, and I think there. It just it wants you. It leaves you wanting to to learn more and to do your own research only, and that's what I love about those documentaries. So look them up. All right, but what side are you on, conspiracy theorists? If you are, or you know, kind of in that whole JFK thing, if you will. I'm curious. Let me know if you've watched them. If not, if you will, or, or what side, what do you believe really happened to JFK? All right, we're going to take our final break and then uh, 
head coaching predictions coming up after this quick timeout. <laughs> Wrapping up this episode of the Man Cave Podcast uh, with some predictions, if you will. We kind of started it off with predictions and postseason predictions and that. But now it's time to give you my list of uh, predictions who, again, this is the coaching one. This is the NFL head coach openings. And I kind of went about it. I tried to go about it like where I'm meeting in the middle between what I think teams will do and what I would do. I tried to to find some common ground in in between these two, and and I know a couple of them are a little bit difficult because you know they're looking for GMs and like the Bears and the Vikings and the Giants, and and they're all saying you know the the GM uh they'll hire a GM first, and uh and and then the GM will will hire the coach. And in this case, I did put the Raiders on here too. I did put them on there, um, even though they're in the postseason. But you know, going with the interim coach so far, I think they will make a different hire. Uh, when it's all said and done. But let's just get into it here. So, again, these are my predictions. Probably won't get any of them right, but, hey, why not try, right? So let's start it off with uh, with the Dolphins. I, you know, the big one there, firing Brian Flores. Uh, I think surprised, a l- <laughs> if not everybody, the majority of everybody. A um, little bit shocking right there. So I've got Brian Dabble replacing Flores for Miami. Now, Brian Dabble, I actually had him either. I kept going back and forth between the Giants and the Dolphins. And the reason I I first had him at the Giants, because there is that talk about, you know, maybe the Bills assistant GM could be a high candidate, um, a big-time candidate uh, or a favorite to, to land that GM job with the Giants. And then maybe he brings Brian Dabble over there with him. Uh, that very well could be. I, I'm going with the connection of Tua, Alabama. Brian Dabble was, you know, offensive coordinator there a little bit in, in Alabama. You know, if you're Miami, maybe get a guy in there that you can get the most out of uh, Tua. For yet, Tua has shown, you know, a lot of good stuff. A little inconsistency, inconsistency at times. But, I mean, he just finished up his second year, too. So, I think they go offensive-minded head coach for, for this one. I think they bring in Brian Dabble because of the Tua connection there. And then speaking of Brian Flores and speaking of the Giants, that's my matchup right there. Um, you know, if, at first I kind of shied away from this prediction because I'm like, uh, will the Giants go again with another Patriot, another former Patriot, right? Um, but then, you know, kind of looking at this, and I'm just like, but, you know, Brian Flores is a good coach, and he's kind of proved himself. And, you know, maybe they need a little bit, I don't know if st- stability is the right word, but they need a different mindset. They need a different approach over there. And 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 from all accounts, though, too, I mean, Brian Flores is an intense coach, but it seems like a lot of the players respected him and, and loved playing for him. And I thought something interesting in doing my research, too, the last time that the Giants had a head, uh, head coach that came primarily from a defensive background, not counting Steve Spagnuolo, who was an interim coach after they fired Brent, uh, Ben McAdoo, but the last defensive-minded head coach, you have to go back to Bill Parcells. That's how far you have to go. So I think they change that. I think they go with Brian Flores. Um, then you've got uh, the Raiders on my list here. So this one's a little bit interesting because, I mean, the Raiders are still in the postseason. If they win, you know, it's going to be a little bit longer before they, you know, maybe get into the head coaching, uh, uh, you know, circus and and maybe the longer they are in the postseason they don't make a change at head coach i don't know but i think 
they go with a dude who's probably going to be in the playoffs at least for a couple more weeks now. Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator for the for the Buccaneers right now. I'm going to go with him. Um, I think, you know, they, they bring him on. Derek Carr, surround him with – I know John Gruden was an offensive-minded dude, but, you know, bring in another offensive-minded head coach that uh, has definitely proven his worth over the last few years, Arizona now with Tampa Bay. So I think you bring him in, and then you kind of, you know, uh, he's got to find a, a, a solid defensive coordinator to, to bring over there with him and call those plays there. But I like the Byron left, which move with, with the Raiders. I'm not buying Harbaugh making the jump to the NFL. I'm just I'm just not buying that right now. Uh, Broncos, I'm going to go with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator. I know there was uh, something out there that said that Dan Quinn was like the favorite for this job. I think if you're the Broncos, though, you've got a good defense in place. Maybe you want to go with a defensive-minded head coach because you got that. But you, Broncos are like a quarterback away. And when I make this pick, it's not because of Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm not doing that. And if the Broncos are doing that, they're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. You, you can't make a head coach hiring based off of trying to acquire a quarterback via trade. You, you just can't do that. That's That's the wrong way to build a team. And I don't think they're doing that but I guess never say never so but Nathaniel Hackett you know wherever he's gone he's he's had high praise they need to figure out the quarterback situation they've got talented wide receivers over there they've got a good running game figure out who that quarterback's going to be and and give them an offensive minded head coach and Nathaniel Hackett has worked with quarterbacks over the years obviously with Aaron Rodgers now when the Jaguars were like a couple plays away from going to the Super Bowl he was the offensive coordinator for uh, for for uh, uh, for for the Jaguars, I was like, "What team am I talking about?" Jaguars. He was the, for, the offense corner for the Jaguars there, so I think he gets that shot with with the Broncos. Vikings. Um, you're not hearing this guy's name as much as you did the last couple years, but I got Eric Bieniemy going there, and Eric Bieniemy used to coach in Minnesota. He was a running backs coach over there uh, when when uh, Adrian Peterson was over there too. So I think that's an interesting pairing because. You know, they need an offensive-minded head coach. I, I think that's the direction that they have to go in. They need to figure out that offense. They need to fix it. They've got talent on offense. If they keep Kirk Cousins, they've got Delvin Cook, they've got Jefferson, they've got Thielen. I think you bring in Eric Bieniemy within the Andy Reid system, but a guy who also knows that, you know, he's got that running back background, worked with a guy like Adrian Peterson. I think that'll help with Delvin Cook. Bring in a dude, you know, from all accounts, you know, Mike Zimmer, intense. There was, you know, some comments about, uh, you know, fear-based coaching, if you will. I think you bring in a guy well-respected like Eric Bieniemy that's going to rejuvenize that, that franchise. So that's where I've got that connection there. Uh, the Bears, I am going to go with a defensive-minded head coach, Matt Eberflus, Eberflus, excuse me, the defensive coordinator for the Colts. He's been caught last couple years. Mentioned as a possible head coaching candidate. You look at the Bears, defense, defense, defense. You know, they're, they're kind of, that's what you think about with the Bears, right? They're coming back from an offensive-minded head coach. They do need to nail the offensive coordinator spot if they go with a defensive coordinator as a head coach because you have to make sure you are putting in all your resources for Justin Fields to work. But with that being said, Bill Polian is consulting with this search. If you look at Bill Polian's hires throughout his Hall of Fame career, it's been Marv Levy. It's been 
Jim Mora defense. It's been Tony Dungy defense. It's been Dom Capers defense. And when Jim, uh, when Caldwell was promoted to take over for Dungy, Polian was there, but as president, team president, and his son Chris was the GM. Now, is there a trend there? Maybe, but I think when you factor in Bears defense, maybe a little bit of a trend. Matt Eberflus going to the Bears as a head coach finally gets his gig. And then the Jaguars one's interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I'm going back and forth on on a couple of these. I'm going back and forth between Bill O'Brien and Doug Peterson. And I think I'm going to do a last-second change here. I had Bill O'Brien on here. I'm going to go Doug Peterson, though. I'm going to go Doug Peterson with this one. I think he deserves another shot, won a Super Bowl, offensive-minded, works with quarterbacks. You need that with with Trevor Lawrence down there. I'm going to go with Doug Peterson with this Jaguars pick. I just think, you know, you've got to make sure that Trevor Lawrence is going to have all the tools to succeed. You have to. We knew he was going to be a first-round pick like his freshman year. You've got to make sure he's your franchise quarterback, and you've got to put the resources into it. And then given what's been going on throughout that whole franchise this year, bringing in a guy like Doug Peterson, eh, that might help stabilize it just a little bit. It might just help stabilize that just a little bit. So I'm making a quick uh, audible, and I'm going with Doug Peterson for the Jaguars. Those are my predictions. You want to play along by the time you listen to this? If there's been no hires, go ahead and do so. Hit me up on Twitter. You can find me at D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R. Facebook as well. Uh, we got uh, Facebook.com slash Casper Sports. All right. Tell you what, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. All right. It's been fun. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll chat with you again next week, peeps. Later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you are a first time listener to the podcast, well, Hopefully you liked it, so you'll be back. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon. We're practically everywhere. And if you're listening to somewhere like on iTunes, don't forget to give us a good rating so other people can find the podcast as well. And and tell your friends and family about us. And if you are a regular listener to the Man Cave Podcast, hey, appreciate the support, everyone. Appreciate the support. Again, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast rate us and tell your friends about the man cave podcast